0: As a former corporate girl, Grace quit VP life to pursue her dream job as a public school teacher. After 20 years in the classroom, she now focuses full-time on helping educators have a more positive teaching experience. Grace combines her signature mantra, your energy teaches more than your lesson plans with two decades of study and behavioral therapy, positive psychology and NLP to create science-based habits for overwhelmed educators. She has offered three books on teaching, including best-selling Positive Mindset Habits for Teachers, and also One New Habit Book series. In addition to being an elementary school teacher for 20 years, she's also um, written these books and gives professional development. Welcome to the podcast, Grace. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, tell me about a time when you were in the trenches and managed to crawl out.
1: All right, so... I should be embarrassed to say this because, you know, my brand, should we say, is, you know, positive mindset (laughs) habits. But I did find myself, um, I think what I'm learning is you get in the trench more than once. It's not you get in it and you get out uh, because I was in a trench before I'd be, which led me to becoming a teacher. Right, But I'm going to say I was about 17 years into my career as a teacher and I found myself hiding in a closet. During lunch, hyperventilating, sobbing, like all the things, totally overwhelmed, setting a timer on my um, phone. Like, I got 10 minutes to get myself together until, you yeah. know, I have to go get these kids, right? And like, where are my sunglasses? Like, I can't, like, they're going to be, I've got mascara down my face, the whole bit. Just, and, completely knowing at the time like something has to change I was new in a school district there was a lot of reasons for it that I just felt completely overwhelmed and completely felt like I wasn't following my teacher compass I had just really I know what kids need I know what I have to offer as a teacher and I was in a new district and like super um different from where I come from very scripted very um kind of gotcha vibe, right? People come around with the clipboard and then leaving like without any feedback, like that's not coaching, right? That's kind of policing. And so I had just felt so stifled and everything else. And I I really was um, in bad shape. It was the silliest thing. A kid had asked me something like a question and it wasn't even disrespectful question. It was a question about science. And I was like, we don't have time to answer that. Like, what kind of teacher is that, right? Like, you had to get on to the yep. next thing. We were rotations. Or, you know, it was like everything was timed, and I just I, – I guess I was really crying because that's not the type of teacher I wanted to be. Like, I don't want to teach like this. Like, anything that is creative or joyful or those kind of um, tangents that lead to those, you know, teachable moments, right, all of that had been, like, sucked out of the way they were doing business there because school was really a business there. So anyway, I really decided something needed to change. Um, I got very lucky with the timing. It was just before Thanksgiving. My daughter was coming home. She lived on the East Coast and um, she's an adult, also works in education. And um, I was still at school. I had moved to a school very close to to our home I could walk to school and so she got home and she said mom I'm gonna come over and see your classroom and she was all excited and I stepped outside the door to see her and I remember as she was walking across campus as soon as I saw her I ran and I started to cry like she'd be mortified right mom what the actual heck right Calling me on my stuff like mom this is what you teach how are you so overwhelmed and so anyway thanks for Thanksgiving break came and I just really took time to reflect like step back look at all the things I know how to do and um, stop being intimidated I'd listened to too many stories about um you know I was untenured right yeah. or oh, I was new I was an untenured I'd been really comfortable my old school um really well respected but suddenly I'm in a new place nobody knows me and um you know I just listened to like oh, These admins are out to get you and just all the negative stuff, which Mm -hmm. I know better. Like one of the things I teach is, you know, you can have your own teaching experience. Other people's experience doesn't need to be your experience. Right. So I just kind of lost my way, took time over Thanksgiving to think about it and decided like when I go back, I'm going to teach the way I know how to teach. Um, And if that isn't what people want, and if I don't get invited back next year, Soviet, mm-hmm. and then along came COVID, and I have to tell you, it was um, lucky timing, I guess, because by the time I had spent like those three months, I remember we we locked down like March 13th, right? After I went back after Thanksgiving, I just really invested time in classroom community and collaborative learning and all the things that I valued and knew how to do. And so when COVID came around, oh, my gosh, you know, I didn't know how to do Zoom school, Right. But we all helped each other out. And I had created this culture where kids, you know, I would teach in the morning and then in the afternoon I would have office hours if anybody was stuck or needed help to come to office hours. Right. And and other kids would show up to help students who were stuck on certain things. And I could put them in a breakout room. And and it was just magical. And um I ended up you, you know, this was a district who was very focused on on data, like many of them are. And I had like the most kids participate in Zoom, the least missing oh. assignments, like right? right, all the stuff, right, because we had a community wow. and we were doing it, I would consider the right way, the way that felt good to me. So that was like my out of the trenches story. But it was mortifying to me. In fact, that very morning, I had had the first request I'd ever had to appear on a podcast Um a lady who'd read my book and was doing a book study with her school and she had a podcast and she's like, come talk to us. And I was like, yeah. And then I find myself in a closet hiding, crying like, oh, my God, talk about imposter syndrome. Like, mm-hmm. who am I to teach anybody anything? But um, but I managed to get myself out of the trench. But that's something I think. um to recognize especially with teaching it's not like oh you're down and then you get yourself up and now you live happily ever after like it takes constant vigilance to stay out of the trench right Mm -hmm. you've got to have those habits and those mindsets and um really work on it you have to be intentional about it that's really has been my experience is needing to be intentional about your energy that you bring to the classroom about being super mindful about not getting overextended overwhelmed frustrated you know burned out all the things because that doesn't benefit anybody um so there you go yeah
0: no I think that is uh a valid um reason that you were feeling so down, you know, being in that new district, um, feeling like you were being judged right. Yeah. And just having that that anxiety around like they are coming around with clipboard, <laughs> not knowing really what um the culture of the district was. Yeah. But then you have that breaking point after your daughter came and like, you know, I need to just enjoy teaching again. So Um, I wanted to ask, when did you write your books kind of in relation to that time period?
1: So I had written, um, I became a teacher in 2000. Mm -hmm. And then in 2012, I had written some other books. So One New Habit book series. um, And one of them was called The Happy Habit. And I had done like a deep dive into it. Like you said in the intro, I had um, quit a corporate career because I was stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, overextended didn't feel like I participated in my life, even though from the outside, wow, what a life, right? I earned so much money, lived in a beautiful house, had these beautiful children. Like it was just, you know, you feel ridiculous. Like, I want something with purpose. But anyway, I decided to become a teacher and straight off like, oh wow, it checked so many boxes for me. I had purpose, it was easy, it was fun. Um, I could be creative. Mm -hmm. Um, all those things and then so I thought becoming a teacher was magical Um, and then it wasn't I found myself in the same spot so then it was like okay so I gotta change myself I can't change careers again right Mm -hmm. so that's when I did that deep dive so I wrote the book The Happy Habit and it was about 10 habits that I had been practicing and cultivating and Mm -hmm. and had really helped me um, change my life and It wasn't geared towards teaching at all. And then a lot of teachers started asking me, you know, when I taught in this small school, you know, it's one class per grade. So Mm -hmm. we would all have basically the same kids, the same admin, the same parents. So you couldn't say, oh, you had different kids than me or you had a different admin than me. But my experience was very different. (laughs) And the kids working with me acted very differently. And so teachers started asking me about it. And um, so I turned it into like a journal, a little journal where you could check the habits. And then I ended up making it a book, I think in 2015. And then it was in 2017, that I moved to this new school. Mm -hmm. No, 2019, I moved to the new school. And um, that was kind of my turning point. And then we had COVID and then I wrote another book after that called um, The Post-COVID Classroom. Um, about how things have changed because wow, have they changed and how to kind of uh, manage that and the mindsets required to navigate that. So, Mm -hmm. so those are really, and then I had just published last year another book on um, setting boundaries for teachers, because that's one of the things that um, I find is the hardest for them. But like I say, there's a certain kind of humility that comes uh, when you're sobbing in the closet. (laughs) <laughs> and you're like no way i write about this like but you know would you really want to take swimming lessons from somebody who'd only ever read a book about it that's how I feel like you want to take swimming lessons from someone who's been in the water and figured it out right so I'm no longer kind of embarrassed to share the stories where I'm like Ugh, not my finest day teaching and the funny thing about it was it it was just my energy like I wasn't being the teacher I wanted to be That Mm -hmm. was the crux of it. But the kids were like, oh, you know, I mean, it was third grade. So they're still kind of in love with their teacher, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have an accent. I'm kind of fun as much as I was able to be. So I would still be getting all the love notes. And, you know, when a kid told me, oh, you're the best teacher I ever had, which, okay, it's only third grade. They've only had like four. But still, (laughs) you feel like so like, really? Like who the heck else have you had? Because I'm horrible right now. It's just that worst feeling to feel that way, right? Like, oh my God, I'm the best you've had. Oh, I'm not showing up as my best. I mean, obviously I'm not articulating that, but that's that feeling you have, right? I'm I'm sure people can relate. We all have those days. Not everybody's showing up as their best self every day, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're our worst critics, so. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, yeah.
0: So I wanted to talk a little bit about, you turned some of the lessons that you learned um, while writing your books into teacher PD. So Uh talk a little bit about some of the PD that you provide it in person or virtually. So
1: I provide, there's a couple of things. I do virtual PD for people only because uh, when I had my big corporate career, uh, I used to, you know, get in a plane uh, in the morning, drop my kids off at 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 preschool, daycare, drive to the airport, get in the plane with my projector, back in those days you had to take it with you, do a presentation, get back on a plane, try and be home in time for bedtime, like that's what learned me to be um, burnt out. So I had made the decision when I decided to go full time into supporting teachers, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not getting on planes anymore. Um, we all know how to work Zoom now. So I do virtual PD. Um, and then I also offer um, courses. I work with educators one on one. They, I have courses they can purchase and, and group coaching and such. But mostly the topics I talk about are about um, the science of happiness, as one, like, according to the science, teachers should be happier. Um, and setting boundaries and overcoming the myth of balance. I don't think it's, you know, when you say, oh, you know, you need to have balance in your life. You, you've got to integrate them. You can't school and home. There's never going to be a perfect balance. Something's always going to be getting less of you, and you need to be about strategic, about planning that. So that's the type of thing. Now, the other type of PD that I do, I will say it takes a really enlightened um admin to hire me for is coaching on boundaries so there's not too many admins want to hire me to coach their staff in how to say no to them but that is something that um that I do teaching educators who as a whole we are very um you know people-pleasing we're yes. here to help, right? And so it's kind of our culture that we take on more and we take on more and we get easily guilted into taking on more because it's for the kids and and all those things. And so I help educators reframe their beliefs around right. setting boundaries, which some people, you know, think is, oh, you'll be seen as inflexible or this or that. So it's like, no, you will be a better teacher. We need to overcome this myth that the teacher who works the most is the best teacher.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not
1: true um uh, might be true they might happen to be the best teacher but not because they work the most so um so anyway so that's kind of the the pd that i do
0: okay yeah and i do think there are admin who would be open to coaching on (laughs) boundaries because you know those are the people that you hear about um they find dead at their desks after having a heart attack right um and i think admin are becoming more and more Aware of the need for self care and you know leaving work at work and those types of things. So yeah, and, uh, so I have to tell you something.
1: That's the reason I was in the closet. Like why were you in the closet? I'll tell you why. Because my it was a traffic pattern to um, the uh, my room was a traffic pattern to the copier. And so other teachers would walk through. For some reason, they had some master key that they could just open my door and walk through, and I just needed to be alone. But when I was in the closet, I was so afraid, like, oh, my God, like, I need to set the timer. I need to not um, be late to pick up the kids because I had worked with somebody who one of their um, colleagues had died on their prep period Mm. in their classroom, right? come mm-hmm. on people like come on how how is your family ever going to get over that how are the kids ever going to get over that right and so i was so mindful like i can't like they can't be looking for me in the closet like it's just yeah it's crazy and i have to say admins learn need to learn to set boundaries too they're more exhausted than the rest of us mm-hmm. and i feel like if admins could learn to set proper boundaries with people above them who have maybe some agenda that isn't necessarily always geared towards the children that that trickles down to us like we teachers rely on our admins to like kind of run interference for us Mm -hmm. right with all the stuff that's required none of you know some of which is not really mission critical to student success. It's Mm -hmm. mission critical to another agenda. Like I always thought a good admin would be somebody who would run interference for that and just say, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not going to ask my staff to do that. Mm Um, so I think they need to know how to set boundaries in a way that's, you know, professional and gracious and um, student focused, you know, Mm -hmm. there's the magic answer there. You know, I'm not teaching teachers to say, oh, well, that's not in my contract No. But to say, you know, based on the needs of my students, for why reasons? I feel my time will be better used this way. You know, if you can give a student focused reason, um, not like, oh, you know, it's not on my contract. Um, then you're going to be more successful setting boundaries
0: and it's going to be more comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, talk to me about some ways teachers can feel more empowered. Um, you told me you have a four part framework for that. I do. So I have, you know, what could we be
1: without our acronyms? Um, so it's the ECHO framework, E-C-H-O. And I kind of like that because, you know, what you put out comes back. That's the basic principle. But the E is um, your energy speaks more than your lesson plans. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's really the foundation of everything that I do is how you show up matters and students, You don't even need to be a teacher to know this. You just needed to have gone to school. You know Mm -hmm. that the teachers you learn the most from are the ones who seem passionate, excited about being there. Maybe they don't have the most perfect lesson plans with emojis all over them. And, you know, the Pinterest worthy classroom, who cares? Their energy is good. You feel from them that they care about you, that they feel you can succeed, right? That they're excited about you succeeding, right? So that's the premise of everything, why you got to avoid being burned out and resentful and overwhelmed and crying in the closet, mm-hmm. right? Your mm-hmm. energy teaches more than your lesson plans. So that's the E. The C is control what you can control.
0: Mm-hmm
1: right? We've got to stop being victims. There are so many issues in education, so many, and it's valid. It's I'm not saying, oh, there aren't issues. There are so many, and they need to be addressed. Um, But at the same time, if you control what you can control, you will feel more empowered. And for me, that was always my little classroom, my community, how we treated each other, how we valued learning, You know, I would focus on things I could control and try not to get dragged into that vortex of other people's drama um, on campus. And again, not to say that their drama isn't valid, but like there's enough drama in my own room. I don't need to be really super upset about something that's happening to somebody else. If I want a reason to be upset, I I could find them in my own room. So, right, kind of kind of isolate yourself a little bit to control what you can control. Then eight is um, happiness can be synthesized. So Mm -hmm. that was a huge part of my journey Came from a background with.
0: um, uh, This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode.
1: A family with, uh, let's say, a constellation of mental health uh, issues, um, Mm -hmm. some of which I inherited. (laughs) And I needed to really, um, that was my deep dive into neurolinguistic programming and other stuff, learning how to really establish habits that could boost my happiness set point. So happiness can be synthesized. And I feel like I wrote about that a long time ago and people are much more open to that idea now. So that's really cool. And then the last one, oh uh, the teacher's experience doesn't need to be your experience. You can have your own experience. And I got to tell you when I was in that trench and I was absorbing all of that, you know, oh this guy does this, he does that, he does the other, you know, I had to literally pull out a piece of paper and write down, what is my experience with the principal?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was all good. There yeah. wasn't a
1: thing I could point to. Uh, we taught with smart boards. I told him I wanted a dot .cam. Could be mm-hmm. a dot .cam the next day. I, yeah. You know, when he did come through the room, other people came through with the clipboards. He also came through with a clipboard. But, you know, he, he sent me an email afterwards. Hey, here's what I loved, and here are some things you could do. And I will say... Um, he transferred after I had been there um, a year. I learned more from him in that year than I had learned from any other admin who had literally just always said, Oh, you know, fantastic, great, you know. Yeah. So, you know, my experience of him when I actually wrote it down was like, No, he's fair, he's consistent. Is he a stickler? Yes. Is he kind of awkward? Yeah. Um, you know, there were some things, but but my experience of him, I didn't feel hunted, victimized. I didn't feel like he was out to get me. Right. And so I needed to, you know, have my own experience of that person. And we know that we need to have our own experience of kids. Right. When they come in our room, I never look at that. Do you know what the pinks and blues are? The little slips that you get from the from the previous year and the teacher writes on them, you know, about the kid and you know, services they have or whatever. And then they write personal comments. I never look at them. Yeah. Like I never do. Like I want to make my own mind up about these students. Um, mm-hmm. Your experience of them doesn't need to be my experience of them. I had a co-worker when we worked in the other school and it was always, you know, small school. And when we would go to the lunchroom, um, she would be coming out having dropped off her kids as my kids were walking in. And every day she would say to me, mm-hmm let me check these kids next year and just okay firstly there are kids listening mm-hmm. and secondly like I would be like oh sounds like you're having a tough day you know mm-hmm. maybe they'll mature over summer like I would just kind of blow it off and sure enough yeah. the following year you know they yeah they, they wasn't always perfect but it was certainly not the class that I would like say this is the worst class I've ever seen she would say that every year like 17 years in a row this is the worst class wow. I've ever
0: seen like really Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pretty crazy well those are the people that really should be in education (laughs) well when you think of their energy
1: right i mean Mm -hmm. lovely lady and she really did care about kids i have to say but yeah just a very um just negative role models of i think she'd had of how to communicate um so anyway but yeah have your own experience of the kids i never i don't look at the cards I mean, if there's something I need to know specifically about a special need they have, but other than that, you know, maybe they won't work. Maybe they won't act that way for me. Maybe they will, but I like to find out for myself, mm-hmm. right? I'd not want to uh, kind of make that decision before we even get going, right? Sure. And the O in your framework? Oh, that was it. Other people's experience oh. doesn't need to be Other people's. Okay.
0: Okay. And then um, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you've outlined in your most recent book um, Uh around um, toxic positivity, because I know a lot of teachers are very aware of, you know, that's something that's kind of a pet peeve for them. Yeah, it is. So that's kind of, um,
1: it's real it is real. So toxic positivity is really when you're just kind of ignoring the issues and just wanting to be, you know, a little cheerleader about it. And I'm gonna um, liken that to let's say you're driving and your gas tank is almost on empty, and you just put a smiley face sticker on it. Like, <laughs> so that's toxic positivity is when you know, hey, positive vibes only, or, um, you know, even something like, you know, we're family, we're superheroes you now. We're not, this is a job and we're human and people need to be validated. And there's a difference between validating somebody and saying, hey, here's all the issues that we have. What are ones we can do about? What's within mm-hmm. our control? And the ones that we can't do something about, how can we strategize? How can we make it better? Like ask empowering questions, not um, just tell people, oh, I my pet peeve was do the best you can. I remember one of the things um, before my little, you know, hiding in the closet breakdown was I literally couldn't do everything that was being asked of me in the time frame I had. Like if you added up the minutes in the day, like they don't actually add up right? Like if I'm doing 120 minutes of this and 20 minutes of that, even if you allowed for zero transition time, like as soon as the bell went, kids were in their desk, like you didn't have to walk them somewhere and you didn't have to like, you know, unravel some playground drama, right? Like even, even if it was a magical situation where you had no downtime, the mm-hmm. minutes didn't add up. We were always being forced to like, you know, oh, um, you know, make sure you get your PE minutes. We had to do our own PE. Like there's not enough minutes. And then when you would take it to somebody and they'd say, well, just do your best. Mm -hmm. That's not helpful. That's not a strategy. Um, So, yeah, that is there's a difference between taking accountability, managing the piece you can manage, maintaining, like investing in authentic self-care, like setting Mm -hmm. boundaries um, and all the things and having, you know, a culture that's toxically positive like yeah we believe in you yeah you know the little stickers and the things are nice but you know what it comes down to is listen I'm totally stressed I'm in a bad shape I want to take a mental health day tomorrow like I don't want to hear you don't have subs that's not a really supportive environment right it's like you know you could have not given me the like I said the little the little snack with them saying which are all very nice but that doesn't you know, it doesn't make up for authentically um, supporting staff um, mm-hmm. in a way that is positive, that says, you know what? Hey, you know yourself best. If you feel that you need to take your time, which you have, which you're entitled to, to have a few mental health days, go ahead and take it up. You- no subs. That's my problem. I'll figure it out. That's not for you to worry about. Right? Sure. So there's sure. kind of a, a difference about that, right? It's what I kind of call fake fun, you know, like, oh, we have a, uh, we have a fun, um, you know, I taught elementary school, so we always have the school spirit weeks, right? You know, there's, there's no amount of pajama days and crazy hair days that really can make up for the, yeah. <laughs> for what's going on. And that's just adding stress to your day. I remember one, one time it was during state testing that we had a spirit week. How am I dealing with crazy hair day and trying to get kids to do their first? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, people. But it's like, no, we're positive and this testing is fun. you know, no, it isn't. And it's okay. But like now, I gotta manage your your water bottle is falling off your head that your mom spent three hours on. You know, like, come on. So um, I know people know what I'm talking about it's it's kind of yeah. a little crazy and i think admins are trying to do the best i think part of the problem is admins don't know what to do sure. and so they're kind of reaching at straws but um mm-hmm. investing in real strategies that support teachers um and and campus culture that doesn't always kind of celebrate like you know but before goodness I remember before COVID we it was such a big deal Um, staff members who had perfect attendance like Mm -hmm. why do you rewarding staff for perfect attendance where people get sick people's family members get sick people die Right. Like we we can't always have perfect attendance. And to put that kind of stress on teachers, like to celebrate it, it's like that's not terribly supportive in the long run. You mm-hmm. know, I'm sure people think, you know, oh, well, we're giving you a certificate for it. I mm-hmm. would rather that you were supportive if I needed time off. Didn't rush me back after I had surgery. Didn't call me at home. True story had an emergency appendectomy was at home recovering and the principal calling me, Oh, your class is behaving really poorly for the sub. You know, how soon do you think it can be back? Like, you know, when the doctor says it's okay, that's when I can come back. Right. Uh, like if the sub can't handle it, like.
0: Get another this, sub.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like at this point, what are you doing today? Get in the classroom. Right. Like, yeah, like, that, see, yeah. yeah it's just. But it's not, I'm not alone in those stories. I'm not exaggerating, right? Like I saw you go like, oh, like, no, I,
0: you know it happens. You yeah. know it happens, yeah. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Well, kind of back to that boundaries piece. Um, uh-huh. What are some common misconceptions that teachers have around boundaries and, you know, being like in charge of setting their own boundaries? Well, there's a couple. One misconception is
1: that boundaries are about other people's behavior. Mm. right like oh I can't these people won't change or whatever yeah. boundaries aren't about anybody else's behavior they're about what you're gonna do mm. differently right like I always you know I have a boundary that um you know if a parent was getting hostile or yelling or whatever which was very very rare usually had very positive relationships but you know what happens people have terrible days you talking mm. about their children that's their most precious thing to them in the world right i you know, sometimes people say, well, I can't, I can't change the way the parent talks to me. No, you can't, you can't change anybody, but you can change how you show up. And so I did have a boundary that if a parent was getting hostile or yelling or whatever, I would just say, you know what, this no longer feels productive. Sure. So I'm going to hang up and I'm going to request that when, you know, we've calmed down, we can approach this in a different way and, you know, no hard feelings. I understand you're upset, you know, validate somebody, but you know it's no longer productive and i have a rule for myself that i don't participate in unproductive conversations <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you know and uh, behave accordingly so that's the first misconception that it's about somebody else's behavior it's not mm-hmm. um the second misconception is that people see you as inflexible
0: mm-hmm. if you
1: have boundaries and selfish and so a lot of teachers fear judgment because of this kind of um collective martyr kind of thing we have going on <laughs> that I'll do anything for my students. Mm-hmm. Um and I'll do anything for the school. And um and so people who, you know, silently judge others who leave on time or don't sign up for as many adjuncts or all those things. Um, people fear judgment. But um, you have gotta run your own race. You gotta not okay. be concerned what other people think. Um, And if you know in your own heart that what you're doing is maintaining your positive energy and enthusiasm and all the things, uh, my dad always said, one volunteer is worth 10 forced men. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like, I really want to put my energy in things I'm excited about doing because there were many years, oh my gosh, I did some things for the school. Um, I put on a digital planetarium, I put on a star lab, an astronomy night, like all of those things took hours and hours and hours um, of my life and I loved it right the kids loved it I loved it It was something I was interested in doing and so um, it was way of course it was outside my contract who cared I loved doing it it energized me Um, the kids loved it and you know that's way different than me getting guilted into being in like a curriculum committee unpacking the standards Mm -hmm. whatever you know where you'd like rather Mm -hmm. stick an ice pack pick in your eye than stay in that meeting for another five (laughs) minutes right I call those ice pickers like I would rather stick an ice pick in my eye yeah I had a teaching partner did not want to do anything with kids after school Mm -hmm. he was done with kids by the end of school he never had kids in fact but he was a really good teacher really Mm -hmm. good role model for these kids but at the end of the day Absolutely did not want to tutor or do anything with kids, coach. He would love to sign up for the curriculum committee. Good for him. So like do the things you want to do. Do the things you're passionate about. And don't worry that other people think you're, um, you know, inflexible. And then know the difference between not all boundaries have to be rigid. So some, you know, it's okay to have needs and preferences and desires. Those Mm -hmm. are all boundaries. And then you do have some non-negotiables right but you can be flexible on some of us so like for me it was always a, a standard you know i won't work the weekends i'll work hard during the week but i'm not working the weekends but you know once a year we had a, a fundraiser on a saturday sure be a big deal right but another non-negotiable will be in the staff room the den of iniquity and um, somebody saying something very unpleasant about a student mm-hmm. or maybe a joke that they think that's funny, that isn't really cool. You know, I'm usually going to say something like I'm uncomfortable with saying that about a person when they're not here to defend themselves or like that's kind of my non-negotiable. Um, so, so everybody has to decide for themselves. Um, but it's OK to have needs and desires and preferences. We're human and um setting boundaries in fact makes you a better teacher mm-hmm. um not
0: um not a lesser teacher mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you told me um that you have free resources um where can people find um you have a free training video um, yeah uh, courses, um, yeah. and then you're going to start your own podcast this fall.
1: I am starting my podcast. Thanks for asking about that. I'm kind of excited about that. Um, yeah, that's going to be called Empower Ed, um, um, and so empowering. That's I I call myself a teacher empowerment coach at this point. Um, I I feel like teachers need some coaching. We were never taught how to set boundaries. It's not our fault, right? It's not our fault. This is kind of like the kind of inheritance that we, that we got, right? Um, of of being, you know, so self-sacrificing to the point of um, just being exhausted. So anyway, so that's the podcast. But yes, no, people can find me at gracestevens.com and that's Stevens with a B. And then if you go to gracestevens.com forward slash happy, um, mm-hmm. there's like a, sh- um, a video training there, like a little mini masterclass on the five habits of, um, the least stressed, most productive, um, educators. So I, yeah, that's, I think that's a good place for people to start if they're interested in, in figuring out what kind of habits could help them overcome this kind of
0: burnout, overwhelm cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, we've had a great conversation today about just um, your story of really, um, you know, feeling in the trenches because of the situation of being in a new school and, you know, taking everything to heart and then turning that around. Um, And then the work that you now do with teachers, out of everything we talked about on the podcast, what's one thing you'd like listeners to remember? Um, I
1: would say that you're in control of your teaching experience. Mm -hmm. Mm That's it. Other people's experience doesn't need to be yours. I mean, yes, is it as a whole, are we overwhelmed, underpaid, not respected, our behaviors off the wall, like all the things that, you know, so I would say just really remember that and do what you need to do to, Mm -hmm. um, to maybe isolate yourself a little bit from that very negative narrative right now. So even though, you know, I know that snarky teacher memes are very funny and all those things, but um, you know, your mind is the most fertile soil in the universe. That's something I've learned over the years. And I'm just very mindful of what I put in it. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we all know that if we eat junk food, And, um, you know, we're not going to perform our best, but I think not enough people pay attention to what we put, you know, in our consciousness. Like, what are you listening to? What are you watching? Um, And um, because that can really bring you down. If all your, you know, there are algorithms in all of social media, they'll just keep giving you whatever you've watched before. Right. And so you watch one negative thing or your one negative story, and then the algorithms like, okay, well, that's what you want to hear, and they'll keep giving it to you, and soon you think that's all there is out there, mm-hmm. right? And so, um just I, I would caution people to be a little um, mindful, listen to things that make you, f- um, you know, feel uplifted and empowered and um, and so that would really be my my one takeaway. My favorite quote I have to say is um, from Albert Einstein, who said the most important decision you ever have to make some decision is whether you think you live in a friendly or a hostile universe. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to live in a friendly universe where I feel students, teachers, co-workers, admins are doing the best they have with the skills they have in the situation they find themselves in. And um, I just feel it's hard to feel like you live in a friendly universe if you're constantly consuming the negative stuff, right? But like mm-hmm. I said, the algorithm is just, it's its just designed to keep giving you more of what you're looking for. So look for the
0: good stuff. There's plenty of it out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> plenty of it out there. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being on the Out of the Trenches podcast today. It was a pleasure having you on. Thanks. And, you know, I'm glad there's um, resources that you have for teachers and yep. can reach out to you and, um, you know, get more empowerment over their situation. And yep become happier in their jobs. It yeah, was a great that, that benefits everybody, especially yeah, the
1: students. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank great... you
0: so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. My book, Out of the Trenches, Stories of Resilient Educators, has now been published. You can access it through Amazon. You can buy it at the Road to Awesome website, or you can get it through my website at danagoodier.com. Please re- leave a review, and you can also access it on Kindle. Check out the show notes on danagootier.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. Tell your friends and colleagues about it. And if this episode resonates, especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and tag me at OutOfTrenchesPC.